When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All righty, here we go at 5 minutes after 5 o'clock on a finally Friday morning. A lot of folks keeping an eye on weather, including us here in Wisconsin. As a matter of fact, the forecast saying that we could see some patchy frost by the time we talk again on Monday. Today, cloudy skies, breezy and cooler. Looks like we've got some isolated showers and thunderstorms in the forecast. The best we'll see today is about 63 degrees, but that's going to happen early today, and then it's only going to get cooler probably into the lower 50s by this afternoon, and the winds will be noticeable. Tonight, any showers should pretty much wrap up, but then patchy frost possible tonight into tomorrow morning. 34 is our expected high. For Saturday, cloudy skies, breezy and chilly, 46, the best will do. Sunday, cloudy skies and 46. Again, the best will do. So it does definitely look like we'll have some frost reports in by the time we talk on Monday. I'll see what Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has to say about that in about 15 minutes. Also up before 6 o'clock, boy, the mark yesterday by that USDA World Ag Supply Demand Report. Uh, corn went one direction, soybeans went the other. I got a chance to catch up with our man Bryce Noor after the report was issued to get his reactions. I'll share that with you before 6. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals and expand your possibilities. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. No one enjoys seeing you succeed more than we do. Because we're more than financial experts. We're your neighbors. Count on us to be a financial partner dedicated to and active in the community. Because it's our community, too. At Compere Financial, we don't just champion this way of life, we live it. That's why we have such passion for helping the ag and rural community make dreams come true. So whether you're just starting out or on your way to building a legacy, we're here for you. As proud partners of the pork industry, we join you in celebrating National Pork Month in October. Learn more at Compere.com. Trademarks of Compere Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. You know, at World Dairy Expo, one of the biggest questions out there is, where is the dairy industry going? We've had a lot of rough years lately, and so a lot of people were wondering what's going to happen, especially regarding comments from whether it was Secretary USDA Secretary Sonny Perdue or others. This is Reba McClone at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and Bob, you were able to find out more. We talked to a lot of people, Reba, about the dairy industry and what it looks like going forward. Bob Osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. One of those folks, Paul Bauer. Paul is the CEO at Ellsworth Co-op Creamery in Ellsworth in western Wisconsin. Paul is also a member of the board of the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. And we sat down with him at World Dairy Expo to get his look at where this dairy industry is going. Well, we have a dynamic industry but there's some problems with it. And the first problem, I believe, is 
lack of transparency of where the product is. Our whole pricing system is based on blocks and barrels, and they represent a small portion of the dairy products made in the United States. And there's certainly some price differences. I believe the spread is 26 cents right now for the spread between blocks and barrels. Well, up until 2014, it was three cents. You could count on it a penny one way or the other. Well, something has changed, and we're not capturing that information, and the industry is quite frankly behind and the USDA is behind and we need better information and we need the USDA to get out there and and provide that. So what's causing that big differential now between blocks and barrels? Is it lack of transparency as far as information sharing in the industry or what's causing this? Because obviously when it's that big a spread it's affecting prices. Well, there used to be what's called market makers, and they would buy product in the market, and then they would hold it and sell it at other times, barrels or blocks. And we don't have that in the market right now. Since 2014, the industry has been severely damaged. The CME has changed their rules slightly that they're not showing who's doing the trades anymore. Our future system is getting speculative money into it, which is good to help make the market, but now we don't know who's making these trades or who's holding these positions and it's really hard to give proper market signals on where the price should be in the future. So it's damaging to plants like Ellsworth that makes a lot of barrel cheese and the the seven or eight other plants and it's also damaging to the the farmer because it hurts their income because that's how things are, are based off of that price. And of course when we see the price go up and all of a sudden it crashes there are various companies that get the credit or the blame for that. We all know who they are, and that's the speculation you're talking about? Well, it goes another layer beneath that. I mean, we can always blame the big guy, but, you know, quite frankly, they got other things to worry about, and they protect themselves, and there's off-market trades and all these other things. But uh, when I look at the big picture and I look at where the market is moving and it's going up and down, we really need to look at Europe. If one-seventh of our product is going overseas, we have and we have an inelasticity of supply and demand. Our price really can't go any higher than what the export price is for cheese. And that's where we need to look at where our caps are. So those differences are being captured by companies and they're they're taking that money at the farmer's expense is what it really amounts to. So what do we have to we all know trade is up in the air right now all over the world and corn, beef, pork, soybeans get the headlines. But as far as dairy is concerned, where do we need to go with this, with these trade agreements, U.S., Mexico, Canada, China, Europe, Japan? Well, I'm going to start with the positive. The world wants U.S. dairy products. It's the best in the world. They love our standards. They love our flavor. They love our profile. And they like our pricing and it's priced in U.S. dollars. We have a great advantage. So now we just have to make sure that the trade agreements are equitable and fair. But we have uh, an advantage that we can use for the entire world. Because we really do have one of the best systems. We have safe food from the farm all the way through the factories. And that's not the case everywhere. I mean, we do sell a little bit of product in China, and we've been hampered by the trade, but they don't want to buy Chinese product. They don't know what the, the quality is. They want U.S. product. And you see that across the world. So we have a great advantage. So we do need the rules. We do need them settled down. We do need Congress to look at all the trade deals that are out there and approve them or go back to the table, but move this along because well, enough is enough. We, we need some 
uncertainty in our life to move forward. Paul, you mentioned marketing, and we've all traveled the country. We've been in places where dairy isn't as important as it is here in Wisconsin. You go into the grocery stores, and Wisconsin cheese sells, and they sell a lot of it. I talked to a grocery store dairy department manager, and I says, why don't you sell more? He says, because we can't get any more. He says, I'd take everything I can get. What's the problem of getting our cheeses and other dairy products into some of these locations? Well, there's a couple things going on here. First of all, it may be the local grocery store that wants it, but it's the buyer of the chain. The reality is is there's probably three chains, four chains right now that control 80% of the retail market. And if if you don't go past go, you're not putting it in the store. So um, our cooperative has taken the initiative to hire salespeople and make those relationships. It's still a relationship-based. And I can tell you um, a large uh, employee-owned company, uh, grocery store out of um, Iowa, uh, started with one small product, and guess what? Now they have that, that our baked curds, now they have our bulk curds, now they're going to our breaded curds. So when you start with a good relationship, you can sell more and you can sell more, and they, they want to deal with people that they can trust and, and that they like. So, again, it's that one-on-one contact. We have to invest that money in people to develop those relationships, to sell that product, to sell that story, and we can do a, a, a a lot of good things with the dairy industry. We have the dairy producers of Wisconsin and, of course, co-ops like your own. Whose responsibility is it to do that, to hire those people or, you know, be proactive versus dairy farmers of Wisconsin that get the check-off dollars? But, again, have we got the system worked out yet? It doesn't sound like we really have it figured yet where we can be effectively marketing around the country. Well, when it comes to like individual co-op or companies, it's their responsibility to market. And Milk Marketing Board or Dairy Farmers of America, uh, they're really their job is to support. And and I, I do have some some concerns on how they're doing that. But, but overall, they do a, a fairly good job of matching buyers and suppliers of product together. But you have to be hungry and look for the next sale. We are not sitting and waiting for the next sale to come up to us. We have more salespeople out there. We're trying to find our next new product. Uh, 50, it's actually worse because of barrel cheese, but uh, 200% of our profit, you got to do the math here, 200% of our profit comes from products that did not exist five years ago. So when you think about that, we got to find those next products. We got to keep inventing ourselves, and it's and and this is not oh we did this tomorrow. This has been 12 years in the making to get to where we're at today, and we're still not going to let up on the gas. So in our case, we have to have a board and members that understand that we need to change and develop those relationships and the dollars and the resources to make it happen. Obviously, your budget goes in a lot of different directions, but I have to ask you. What's happening as far as the the trend, as far as research and development? As you said, five years ago, these products that are making up so much of your bottom line didn't exist. So how much of a challenge is it to get more and more money into R&D? R&D is expensive. Well, 
We um, do R&D a little differently. We do it all internally ourselves, and if we need something technical, we have a great resource in the Center for Dairy Research out of UW-Madison. And when it's something technical, we reach out to those people. They're an excellent resource. We're the envy of the rest of the, the world, actually, for that, that center that we have. And it's great to see that the state supports it, and they're doing some more uh, funding for it. But that's the small nucleus, and then it's up to the plant to take that information and make it into a profitable enterprise. And uh, I've used them many times to help with very specific technical projects to, to move the cooperative forward so we make sure that we have safe quality food for our customers. So can you give us a hint about uh, what's on the drawing board, some of these new products, or what area you're focusing on? No. I figured that was going to be the answer. Paul George, that's why he's the boss. He can say no. CEO of Ellsworth Co-op Creamery here at World Dairy Expo, I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Madison Area Crime Stoppers needs your help. We are seeing an increase in burglaries, theft from autos, and vehicle thefts all around Dane County. The burglary trends include items taken from open garages while people are working in the yard or inside the house, homes being entered through an unlocked door while residents are home or away, home video cameras show suspects checking common locations in which keys are placed like top of door frames, under rocks, or doormats, entry into underground parking facilities to target cars or storage units. The theft from auto trends include unlocked vehicles being rifled through and items taken, locked vehicles having car windows smashed out to take items of value that are in plain view. The vehicle theft trends include vehicles are stolen when keys are left inside the car. When entry is made to the home, the burglars take keys and steal the car. Consider locking up to prevent these crimes of opportunity and look out for your neighbors. And remember, if you see activity that seems suspicious, report your observations to Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. If the incidents are occurring now, call 911. Looking for future leaders we can trust and believe in? Look no further than the high school student-athletes right here in Wisconsin. High school sports teach young people how to be effective leaders. It begins by making their grades and being on time for practice. It includes learning to listen, following directions, accepting responsibility, being a good role model. And it's about respect for officials, opponents, the rules, and each other. The result? It transcends sports. It gives us hope for the future. High school sports. There's so much more than just a game. This message presented by the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association and the Wisconsin Athletic Directors Association. Sit over here and let me tell you a little bedtime story.
Well, congratulations to the class of 2019, the UW School of Veterinary Medicine, sending some fantastic trained professionals to much of rural Wisconsin. That includes Kendra Hodge, an Appleton native that's going to stay in Wisconsin. She said her experiences at the UW School of Veterinary Medicine were wonderful, despite some cramped spaces. Demand for veterinarians is so high, so, you know, we're trying to meet that demand, but um, the facility is only so big. But the staff there and the um, professors and the clinicians are so wonderful. It was definitely, you felt supported the whole way along. Kendra Hodge, a brand new graduate of the School of Veterinary Medicine that will stay in Wisconsin. But that facility needs more space. They've got even a bigger incoming freshman class this fall. Find out about their expansion plans and how you can support them with a phone call, email, or letter. Get online. Animals need heroes to too.com. Today, of course, we expect showers, even a thunderstorm yet for a time this morning, and temperatures hold pretty steady this morning and then fall, falling back down into the mid-40s with the west winds a good 8 to 18, even gusting to around 25. Overnight, partly cloudy skies, partly to mostly cloudy skies, if you will. That's when that freeze watch kicks in late tonight. We drop down to about 30. Southwest winds 5 to 15. They'll gust to 25. Mostly cloudy skies will return. It stays breezy and cool on Saturday, most likely just in the very upper 40s. Southwest winds 8 to 18. They gust to 25. That slight chance of a little rain or even some snow late Saturday night. Mostly cloudy Sunday, still cool, mid-40s most likely. And the west winds about 5 to 15. Of course, some frost around Sunday night, frost early on Monday. Mostly cloudy upper 40s again toward Monday. Pam, it's going to be colder. We start on into the weekend wet as well. All righty, I guess it's time to start transitioning my closet again. Thanks to appreciate that. Have a good weekend. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with your weather details. Weather was only part of the conversation yesterday down in Chicago. World Ag Supply Demand Report hit the trade at about 11 a.m. We questioned what kind of adjustment we were going to see on corn and soybean acres. And you also have to factor in the delay that we had in spring planting. We're talking more about that with Bryce Noren, giving you the numbers where they finally settled after 5.30. It's 5.25. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Welcome to the Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Powered locally since 1928. Your cooperative, serving the community with two Senex convenience stores, Do It Best Hardware Center, Feed Mill offering Vita Plus products, Agronomy Center, and Blue Dolphin Car Washes. Become a member today. Visit us on Pleasant View Road or University Avenue in Middleton or online at middletoncoop.com. Be our neighbor. Become a member. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Your cooperative. Stop by the Do It Best Center in Middleton and check out our expanded selection of rental equipment. Aerators, stump grinders, edgers, and much, much more for your lawn and home fall projects. Check out our rentals on our website, middletoncoop.com. Be our neighbor. Become a member. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative. Your cooperative. 
Madison area Crime Stoppers recently reported a local woman got very close to being conned out of nearly $2,000 after getting a call from a criminal pretending to be a captain with the Dane County Sheriff's Office. She was told there were warrants out for her arrest, including one issued after she missed federal grand jury duty. The woman was led to believe she could pay a refundable bond amount now or show up at the Dane County Courthouse the next day and go through a civil process procedure. He kept her on the phone as she withdrew funds from her bank. Next, he sent her to a grocery store where he wanted her to purchase reloaded cards. At this point, the victim became suspicious and called police. Madison Area Crime Stoppers wants to remind everyone that no law enforcement agency would conduct business of this nature over the phone. You should never give any personal or identifying information over the phone. These kinds of scams may seem believable to some, especially if the suspect has information about you, but people should be incredulous in these kinds of scenarios. Report these type of fraudulent activities to your local law enforcement or contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? MSculpt may be your answer. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle building technology called MSculpt. It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. MSculpt works. One 30-minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. John Hayes for Goodman's Jewelers. For over 85 years, we're proud of our reputation as Madison's finest jewelry store and a whole lot more. Whether it's a classic piece or a new style, we'll make sure you go home happy. Just ask Paul Crest. I've been a loyal Goodman's Jewelers customer for well over 25 years. If it's your first visit to 220 State Street or you've been there before, rest assured John and his staff will make sure your experience will be a great one. Trust, service, and selection. At Goodman's Jewelers, they deliver on all those standards. So when I need that special gift, there's only one stop for me, Goodman's Jewelers. It's truly a destination worth reaching. Are you ready to power your appliances and heat your home with clean, efficient FS propane? Work with Insight FS, a company that lives and works in the same community you do. They'll check your system to help make sure it's safe and efficient. Call them about their convenient contracting or budget billing programs. When it comes to the safety and comfort of your family, you can trust Insight FS. Visit InsightFS.com to schedule an appointment today. Art doesn't see disabilities. That's because art is truly for everyone, all artists, ages, cultures, and abilities. But for individuals with disabilities, making art transforms not just them as creators, it transforms everyone around them. VSA Wisconsin has been changing lives through art for over 30 years. We provide accessibility and participation in all arts learning that enhance so many aspects of life. For thousands of Wisconsinites with disabilities, from three years old to seniors, we offer participation in music, visual art, creative writing, movement, and drama. What can VSA Wisconsin do for you? Inspire. You'll see at our programs, shows, events, and sales throughout the state. Attend classes and workshops taught by professional artists at the VSA Art Center in Madison. Or visit our gallery and shop and take some inspiration home. 
Visit us online at vsawis.org to volunteer, donate, to get informed, get involved, and get inspired by art all over again. Everlong brings us out of break. That's the walk-up music of our Badger Hockey Insider, Barry Richter, and our guy Strobes. Associate Head Hockey Coach Mark Strobel. Hockey season is here. Morning, boys. Morning. morning. What's going on? Strobes, you need a, I think, did we pick up a walk-up song for you, too? Was it uh, Led Zeppelin? No, it's something. I think it was The Doors. Oh, The Doors. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. The Backdoor Man. Strolls are big. Yeah. Backdoor Man. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Up, we know about that. Been? Doing good. Doing, Doing great. Doing great. Doing great. Excited. Good to be here and excited the season is upon us. Uh, it is crazy to think about, Strobes. I mean, it seems like yesterday you and I were just, you know, setting records out at the average Joe in June, and now here we are, you know, with a uh, a matchup. How quick do, do things move, you know, once, once summer gets rolling and, and, and the guys get back on campus before you get to this first game? Yeah, well, this one was unique, uh, having gone up to British Columbia to play two exhibition games, and we were allowed 10 practices uh, prior to that. So we've been going, uh, you know, for us um, – I think it's been a good tool to have uh, to, to execute that this year and uh, integrate the freshmen quickly and see what we have as far as line combinations, goaltending, deep pairs, and special teams. So um, definitely like what we see, and the boys worked hard this summer, that's for sure. And, Barry, he mentioned the freshmen, and I obviously want to get into the games this week and the season as a whole, but you know, people didn't follow the offseason. One of the, the biggest recruiting halls ever for a Badger hockey offseason. I mean, number one recruiting class. you got multiple first-round NHL picks. I mean, this is like uh, these cats hit the mother load, didn't they, in the recruiting uh, they did a trail good last job. year? And it's uh, you know, it's, it's that's what it takes. It takes a long time, and uh, in, in in terms of the coaching staff getting on campus and getting the wings above them, and then uh, just recruiting and pounding the pavement. And I know uh, with Coach Strobel, Coach Osiki, and Tony, these guys work really, really hard getting out there. And now a little bit of a fruits of the labor showing. Got some highly touted players with some veterans, so I'm really excited. This really reminds me of some good teams back in the 90s, 80s that had some really yeah. skilled players, but also had some third and fourth year guys to help with some uh, stability. So, Strobes, I got to ask you what you do during the offseason. Richter and I, we go to concerts once in a while, and yep. you bail on us when I come to <laughs> Dude, you missed Greta you miss was rocking, Strobes. Strobes. Come on, man. I've heard that. I, again, I'm probably working too much. That's all. <laughs> but. With with what we had going on with the BC trip, I think for us it was uh, you know we had to just change our schedules a little bit. And then there's constant recruiting uh, with USHL camps and uh, Buffalo had uh, U15, U16, U17 select camps. Um, I did a camp in Denver. I did a camp in University of Minnesota, and then we had three weeks of our own camps. And then the draft happened, and Jesus. Next thing you know, we were up in British Columbia playing two games. So not much of a um, off season for me, but <laughs> no kidding, you know what? It's, it's well worth it, I think, and you'll see that uh, happen on the ice and in the classroom and in the community this year with the with the character that's been brought in. But also, you know, n- not to disregard uh, uh, our junior class that's coming back. Those guys have been here two years. They're excited. They want to win. They're competitive. Uh, Wyatt Kalanuck, our captain, Tarek Baker, an assistant, Sean Dugan, assistant. They're really going to be our leaders. They're going to be the guys we're going to lean on. Um, that has seen the culture change, that has set the culture now to hold the new guys accountable. And I thought we had a strong sophomore class. This freshman class, uh, again, has been well-received, integrated. They're highly, highly competitive, and they are skilled and fast. So I think you're going to see a Badger hockey team this year that's tenacious. Uh, They're going to be very competitive, intense. We're bullish on the point. And uh, Daniel Lebedev, for sure, and and Jack Berry are going to have to be 
uh, 91, 92% in the goal, you know. So uh, I love it, man. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Eves, I, uh, we're talking no, with Mark uh, Strobel, associate head coach, and, and, and Barry Richter. So, Barry, I mean, the, 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 the rankings, we talked about number one. You know, g- give us some of the names. We saw a couple of these kids uh, drafted uh, high in the NHL draft. Like, Give us some of the rundown of this uh, this recruiting class that's coming in. Well, you look at Caulfield, uh, you know, he broke all the you know, Patrick Kane's records and uh, at the USA program, uh, very, very highly touted as a quick release. I mean, Strobel's probably knows more than I do, but because uh, I've always only watched uh, tape of the guy, or maybe just seen a couple games here and there. But uh, you know, having him with just a, a, a knack for the net, you know, is, is unbelievable. There's also uh, Turcotte. You know, I think he went fifth overall this year with the Kings. And you know, some people might have said that maybe he wasn't going to come come to Wisconsin, go right to the NHL right away. So you have some players that can probably play in the NHL at this point in time. And I know Montreal wanted Caulfield. You know, there's always there's a lot of excitement up in Montreal, and especially with these guys going up to Vancouver. I mean, the Canadian hockey is like NFL times ten. It, it it literally is like NFL times ten up in Canada. Yeah. It is nuts. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 5.35 now on a Friday morning, up before 6 o'clock. You know, Wisconsin Farm Technology Days has been in the news this week. A couple different reasons why we're going to explain before we hit 6 o'clock. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. Well, let's get you up to speed on some of the dates in history that you might want to reflect on. On this date back in 2000, NASA had the 100th mission of their space shuttle program. In 1984, the first American woman to walk in space happened. Who was it? Catherine Dwyer Sullivan. So you know that. And in 1975, the first episode of Saturday Night Live actually aired. So there's a couple things to take you down memory lane. I was also looking up some dates in history for the Farmer's Almanac. (laughs) I don't know if you necessarily want to hear this, but there forecast in the Farmer's Almanac for this weekend called for flurries and cold weather all across the lower lakes. And I'm afraid Stu's weather has about the same in store for us. Let's put that to the side and focus in on weather of a different type. Yesterday, the World Ag Supply Demand Report released their USDA update on what they expect from farmers in corn and soybean production. The weather didn't necessarily factor in, at least not at this stage in the game, but I caught up with Bryce Knorr, our commodity specialist from Farm Futures magazine, yesterday after the initial market report, and he said he thinks there might be a little overreaction here. I didn't think it was likely for the government to make a big reduction in production that some traders anticipated, and also uh, believed that they would lower their estimate of demand due to weak ethanol usage of corn and weak exports to start the 2019 marketing year. So not surprised by these double-digit losses, which is why I recommended growers do some hedging, take some risk off the table prior to the report in yesterday's Farm Futures Daily Commentary. Uh, The soybean numbers, uh, uh, a little surprised uh, that they uh, cut the yield that much uh, with uh, so much of the crop still out in the field, Uh, but it uh, was positive news, and I think is what corn growers may have to look forward to in January and November when we get more harvest results and also are able to judge the impact of uh, today's or uh, the big winter storm and hard freeze uh, that's coming over the 
next couple of days. Uh, the big risk uh, to the markets uh, uh, probably comes uh, from uh, the trade talks that got underway this morning in Washington between the U.S. and China. If they aren't able to work out a kind of mini deal that China seems to be pushing for, uh, that could cause, uh, cause the market to, to tank uh, into the weekend. And then uh, remember, Monday is Columbus Day. The markets are open, uh, but the government uh, will be closed, so uh, we won't uh, get the crop progress report until Tuesday. Uh, but that actually may give us a little better idea of just what the damage uh, from the weekend may be. Uh, the wheat market, as I an anticipated, USDA forecast weaker demand. Uh, trade wasn't expecting that, but it was clear that uh, the exports have tapered off here somewhat. So not surprised that we're seeing double-digit losses in wheat. Uh, but 10% uh, of the North Dakota crop is uh, under snow. Uh, There's also going to be uh, uh, damage uh, to uh, the wheat crop in Canada. Uh, that should uh, help uh, at least uh, firm up protein premiums and uh, perhaps uh, uh, keep the overall market from slipping too much. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, with some quick reaction for me yesterday after that World Ag Supply Demand report hit the market. The corn market went down double digits. The soybean market rallied. How did it finish yesterday? I've got those numbers coming up after the break. And I'm afraid it's not good news for our Wisconsin farmers either. The Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service, they lowered their expectations on what we'll harvest from our corn and soybean fields. I'll give you those numbers coming up. It's rolling up on 540 on a Friday morning. Okay, we're getting ready to put one set of equipment away, bring the other one out. Are they both healthy? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here from my buddies at McFarland, 780 Carolina Street, right there in the heart of Sauk City. You know where they are, just off Highway 12, where everything is all under one roof. And that's a good thing, because this is the time of the year when we're getting ready to put the lawnmowers away, bring out all the snow equipment, right? Are they both healthy? The reason I ask is because McFarland's can take care of both when it comes to maintenance. It's not too early to think about your snowblower, a tune-up, a new battery, maybe a starter, whatever you need. It sounds like another polar vortex coming. Be prepared. Okay, so you're putting the lawnmower away. It did its job this year, but are you starting to notice things? When's the last time the oil was changed or the belts were replaced? See, McFarland's can take care of both those machines all under one roof. So whether it's one more round of lawn mowing or whether you want to be ready for the first snow, check in with my friends at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. As if to add insult to injury after yesterday's World Ag Supply Demand Report, USDA is also very concerned about severe weather that's heading towards the Plain States from Montana to western Minnesota. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says there is no shortage of weather to talk about this week. For the second time in just a couple of weeks, we have a winter-like storm. This system has likely more agricultural impacts or implications. And for a broad area in the nation's midsection, freezing temperatures will follow the storm. Which, with all the immaturity of corn and soybeans across the upper Midwest, could be a big deal. What's the biggest immediate deal? the wet and heavy snow combined with high winds. The most impacted states will be Montana, Wyoming, the Dakotas, and possibly western Nebraska. 
I would expect uh, near blizzard conditions in part of that area. As far as crops are concerned, the snow could plaster corn and soybeans and lead to corn damage, including breakage and lodging. The storm also will have a significant impact on livestock. This is Stephanie Ho for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Man, I tell you, we just cannot catch a break. So yesterday in Chicago, even with this weather coming in, everything settled lower. December corn down 14 cents at 380 and a quarter. November beans could not hang on to any gains, still finished quarter of a cent lower, 923 and a half. December wheat down seven and a quarter at 493. July new crop down six and a quarter at 510 a bushel. Barrel cheese did gain a penny and a half at 195. 40 pound block cheese was up two and a quarter at 210 and a quarter on the close. No change on double A butter. November milk down 17 cents at 1861 a hundredweight. That's enough of that. All right, coming up in just a moment. Wisconsin Farm Technology Days has been in the news this week for a couple different reasons. First of all, they decided that given everything they're up against, they do not want to have a state sponsored show. 2021 to fill a gap in the schedule instead they're going to move on to clark county come 2022 and they announced who the host family for that uh, special event will be our own scott schultz from the northern end of the world's longest barn had a chance to visit with the officials in clark county and find out how far the planning process has already come he'll join us with that update next this is the farm report with pam yonke Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Thank you to everybody that made it to our free travel show. It looks like you want to join me in Panama and Costa Rica to kick off the new calendar year. Pam Yankee here. Our next farm adventure, January 4th through the 13th, we're visiting Costa Rica and Panama. You want to come along? We've got a brand new tool for you to be able to learn more about the trip. All you need to do is jump online, holidayvacations.com. Enter keyword Pam, and they've got special online video presentations to show you some of the sites that we'll be enjoying on the trip. And that includes, of course, Doka Coffee. We'll visit Corso Dairy and learn a little bit about agriculture in Costa Rica. There's Arnal Volcano National Park, Monteverde Cloud Forest Reserve. Then it's on to Panama, where we'll not only enjoy a full transit on the Panama Canal, but we'll also get a chance to visit with the indigenous population that still make that region their home. Call Holiday Vacations toll-free, 800-826-2266, and join me on this Costa Rica-Panama trip. She's like your older sister, but louder. 
This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, this week, Wisconsin Farm Technology Days has been a newsmaker, if you want to look at it that way. They announced, first of all, that they are not going to hold a show at all come 2021. And Clark County announced who their host family would be come 2022. Our own Scott Schultz from the northern end of the world's longest barn got a chance to be there when they announced it and find out how Clark County's moving forward. Scott? Clark County Farm Technology Days officials have announced that the 2022 show will be hosted at Rail Acres at Loyal, that Rail Acres owned by Dennis and Susie Rail. Rail Acres is home to more than 500 registered dairy cows with about 750 crop acres. That Clark County show is set for July 12th through the 14th in 2022. I had the time the other day to sit with the executive committee chairman at Clark County. That's Chuck Reith. And I asked Chuck what drew the committee to choose real farms out of a half dozen applicants and how the process went with the selection. Well, the, this year's for 2022, we had our meeting September 30th and we visited six farms, three in the northern part of the county, two in the central at one in the Christie area, and each and every one of these farms could have hosted uh, the event, which is July 12th, 13th, and 14th of 2022. And um, it took us a long time. It was a very, uh, I wouldn't use the word heated, but it was a good uh, discussion on everything that we did, and it finally turned out to be Rails Acres. Rails Acres, right outside of Loyal, just off of Highway K, a couple miles south. I can't. I used to run literally on that town road, on what we used to call the rail loop from Loyal to uh, out the rails, and it, it's a five-mile loop around there. And it's not just necessarily the farm. There's also part of the family has an exhibition barn out there that where they host weddings. A lot of stuff going on out there. Yes, there is. It's um. There are two features there. The one is um, Dennis Rail's family farm there, started with his father, and um, it's a beautiful layout. Uh, They're going to have Tent City on the east side of Miller Avenue with field demonstrations on the west side of Miller Avenue. So in all aspects, it's going to be a great uh, way to get here uh, from any direction of the state of Wisconsin right in the central part of the state. What separated them in the end? What's the attraction for Rail Acres? Um, I'll tell you what, each and every one of the applications brought a lot to the table. I was very, very impressed what we could do with it. Um, Rail Acres has the uh, rustic uh, barn, and uh, they just had a perfect layout on how tent city and field demonstrations, I mean, across the road from each other. That's, that's what uh, really intrigued me on, uh, on that site there alone. The other five were very, very well. Uh, I couldn't take nothing away because they all brought something different. Some brought more to the table, and some uh, were a little bit less. But this all started when we were working at, um, I worked at uh, Wood County uh, Farm Technology Days, and I thought maybe it was time for Clark County to uh, throw a bid in. So we uh, decided I got some movers and the shakers in the county, so to say, and then we went ahead and uh, put this together. We had to uh, get it through the Ag and Extension Committee. They gave us their blessing. We had to take it to the 
Clark County Board of Supervisors. They gave us their blessings. And then we put our bid together with a presentation, and we took it down to Madison a year ago. And the rest, as you say, is history. You have hosted, Clark County's hosted Farm Tech Days several times now, will have. When, what year was that last time at Mall Makers? 2005. And I was, I was the chairman of that one, too. <laughs> and that was just north of Loyal, about the... Almost the same distance, well, a little bit farther north than rails are south, but uh, sort of similar in operation-wise, or how much different are they dairy farm-wise? Uh, there's not a lot there of difference. Um, I do not believe that they uh, fatten out their steers, finish their steers out rails acres, uh, but they milk um, a couple hundred cows. I don't have the exact numbers, but... Um, once you get to see the sites, you're going to be quite impressed what you're seeing. Yeah, we'll have a lot to learn about the farm in the next few days. Uh, in the coming days, we're going to be having a media event out there uh, coming up on the 21st, 1 o'clock, at the uh, Rustic Occasions. Just off of 98, and then you go uh, half miles south on Miller Avenue. 2021, the announcement was made the other day. We're sort of going to skip a year of Farm Tech Days. That'll bring a little different challenge to your marketing, to the exhibitors maybe, but you have that all under control and have plans. I think we do. Um, we, Like I say, we just received the word yesterday about it, and um, we've already got some ideas on how we're going to promote it, um, and it's going to be... I, I think um, I'm up for the challenge, and we're going to make it work, and we won't even skip a beat. One thing about Farm Technology Days being held in this part of the state, it seems, including Marshfield uh, a year ago uh, and um, in the past shows here in Clark County, and I'm sure coming up in Eau Claire County this year, they always have drawn crowds. And why might you think that is? Is it the central location, or what might it be? I think it's a few uh, um, ideas that are bringing that forward is, one is central Wisconsin. Number two is our, our farms are still smaller in acreage as it is in corporate uh, farming around surrounding us. Yes, we do have corporate farmings, but um, they're not as large as the ones surrounding us. Uh, we bring a lot to the tables of diversification. We have our Christmas trees. We have poultry. We have swine. We have beef. We have dairy. We have dairy beef. So there's a lot here, and people want to see the technology, and our farms are small. And there's also we, we also feature to the, um, how should I say, it? the plain clothing people religion. Um, they're very interested in what's coming on in technology. And this is a great opportunity for those people to come to this show to see what is being offered out there as new technology approaches us fast. One thing I've also made note of, uh, well, it's always a challenge to find volunteers anywhere at any time. There's always been a kind of community spirit about volunteering at these shows in this neck of the woods, to me anyway. Correct. Um, 
in our executive committee, when we were first forming this, I, I, I wanted to have a volunteer coordinator. So we have one of those. So that's something freshly new. Uh, most volunteers will be going through this person. And we're going to set up some um, nights and come and see him, put some PR out there and uh, see what we get for uh, those people to come and volunteer. I mean, there's people been asking already. I says, just hang on. We're coming. We're coming. We'll build it. They'll show up. You have a year and a half probably or two years and a half yet. But yes. the work, you aren't waiting with that work because it's, no. it's ongoing. Right now where we're at is um, we're trying to get everything. Our executive committee is just about um, all the slots are filled. This winter, during the winter months, we are going to start doing our committee on committees, getting those all figured out, and then um, trying to get everything laid out. So when we go over to Eau Claire County, then we're going to know what we need to do to get this thing done. Pretty exciting times here in Loyal. Oh, yes, it is. I mean, um. My wife says that uh, some people like to golf, some people like to do NASCAR and watch football. I like to do farm technology days. Well, there you go. Chuck Reith, chairman of the executive committee with 